Crave, how we doing? <laughs> Wonderful. Well, it's good to see many of you back after fall break last week. I hope it was an awesome time to rest and recuperate and kind of charge your batteries for the home stretch of the semester. Uh, we are entering the back half of our series, Upper Room. This is week five. If you didn't grab a handout, we've got those in the back. We've also got Bibles available if you need one of those. Uh, in our series, Upper Room, we've been looking at what Jesus said to his closest friends at their final meal together. And kind of the premise of this series is, if you were to imagine sitting with the people closest to you, if you knew the end of your life was imminent, like, what would you say? Probably the important stuff. You wouldn't stick up here in the very superficial like we do so often in the hallway or at the lunch table. Hey, how are you? Good. Yeah, okay. How about the weather? How about your local sports team? Like we, we're very superficial, and that's not what Jesus does in John 13 through 17. He really starts to dig in and, and share some very, very important things. And so we've been just walking verse by verse through that. Uh, we do have a memory verse for the series. It's John 17, 17. I hope that some of you are starting to memorize this. Jesus prays not just for those disciples, but for us and says to the Father, make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. And if you want this to be actualized in your life, I just want to encourage you to do something super radical. Read your Bibles, continue to take in the words of Christ, and ask that God would make you holy by the reading of His truth. Tonight, uh, our passage is John 15, 1 through 17, if you want to flip there or scroll there. Uh, we're going to try to work through uh, most of these verses. Uh, I actually will not be reading the first three verses, though. We, we may come back and refer to them at some point. But if you're there, start with me in John 15, verse 4. This is Jesus speaking. He says, Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. This idea of remaining in Jesus is a refrain that you see over and over throughout this passage. Like if you look down throughout this passage, verse 5, he talks about remaining. Verse 6, he talks about remaining. Verse 7, verse 9, verse 10. Like over and over and over and over, Jesus talks about remain in me. Remain in me. So don't miss that. And in fact, if you do have... Uh, your handout tonight, I, I think we have three things that we're called to, and the first one I want to point out to you is we are called to remain in Christ. Like if Jesus says something even once, it matters a lot. If he says it over and over and over again, it matters that much more. We are called to remain in Christ. And see what he says back in verse 4. It says, a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you can't be fruitful unless you remain in me. Uh, I went apple picking yesterday. Who's been apple picking this season? Did you have a good time driving two hours to go pay three times the price for apples that you had paid your local grocery store? No offense, like if you love it, that's great. I love it. Uh, we t I took this picture of my family yesterday. Thank you, that was not the awe I was hoping for. I was looking for something a little more robust, but uh, this was Joel's first apple picking trip. He really enjoyed it. Uh, Judah was kind of ambivalent as he often is, but we went apple picking and it was fun. And I started thinking about what we were going to be talking about today. Uh, just this idea of, of remaining, this idea of the branch needing to be attached. And, and you can see that tree uh, there, Honeycrisp. I'm a Honeycrisp guy. If anybody ever wants to bring me an apple, like, I don't know if you do that or not, but I like Honeycrisp. Uh, 
And some of these branches, you know, they're green and they're vibrant. And so I wanted to have this illustration today with the branch. And I asked some students to go grab me a branch from outside earlier. And this is the branch that they brought me. <laughs> this is, yeah, we could. Uh, this was a Sarah Hobson special. Um, this branch, does it look like it would produce any fruit to any of you? <laughs> yes, thank you, Peter. What will I do next year without you? to give the opposite of the obvious answer. Uh, this branch is dry, it's dusty, it's brown. Listen to those leaves crackle. Yeah, that's, that's a sound. It's got, some, it's, it's got some dead and dying and dried up and it's, this is not a healthy branch. Like, can we all agree? I mean, it was a great pick, Sarah, thank you for this. This actually worked out great for my illustration, but, but that's, not, that's not a healthy branch. We're called to remain attached, right? We have to be in Christ because he says, if you're not attached, you can't produce fruit. So we have to remain in Christ. Look what Jesus says. This is actually elsewhere in scripture, Matthew 24. He's talking about what it's going to be like in the end. And, and I don't know if you ever look at the news and you're like, my gosh, it feels like this could be it. Uh, I feel that way sometimes too. But Jesus is talking about the end. He says, sin will be rampant everywhere. Check. And the love of many will grow cold. Also check. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Maybe you just feel like giving up. I don't know where you're at in your journey. I know the last couple years have been wild. I was talking with Jason a while ago, and, and we were kind of laughing that we're three months away from 2022, and most of us are still emotionally processing through 2020. It's been a rough couple years. Uh, and maybe just in your own home, not even to speak of all the global things. It's just been hard. And I want you to know that, yes, people around you are going to be sinning. And yes, the love of many will grow cold. And yes, it's going to be hard. But we are called to remain in Christ, to endure, to not give up. And so whatever you've got going on, like at home, at school, just in your relationships, I just want to encourage you, don't give up. Keep going. Keep trusting Jesus, even when it's hard, even when it feels like I can't do this. I would encourage you, don't do this alone, but, but don't give up. Endure. Remain in Christ. It's important. Back over to our primary passage, John uh, 15, verse 6. Jesus says, anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. I mean, look again at this. Does this look useful? It's not, it's not, it's useful for this illustration, but this branch is not useful in any way. May, okay, starting a fire, yeah, it's, it's very dry and dusty. It would be great for starting a fire, but as far as abiding and remaining and bearing fruit, this isn't going to get it done. This is a branch that is thrown away. It's useless, it's withering, and it's going to be burned. Like, this is not a hard piece to grasp, what Jesus is saying here. If you're not in Christ... Look at those words. I don't say that to, to shame you or to make you feel bad, but I want you to understand the reality of being in Christ versus not being in Christ. It matters. It matters a lot. In fact, if you were to jump back a verse, and I, I did do these out of order on purpose, Jesus says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I, I just think that there's probably a, at least a handful of us in this room. And I say us because I find myself in this group sometimes. There's probably at least a handful, if not more, of us in this room who 
we're trying to do this Jesus thing on our own. Like if I just try harder, do better, maybe if I cuss less or, or engage in the party life less, like if I can, just, I can just try harder and I can build something good. And according to this verse, you cannot. Apart from Jesus, you can do nothing. And again, I'm not trying to say like, man, your, your life is pointless, you're useless, none of those things. I'm trying to help you see that in Jesus, you can build something eternal. And apart from him, you've got nothing you'll take with you out of this life. And all of us need to realize that we will leave this life at some point, whether that's 100 years old, surrounded by loved ones, peacefully in our bed, or sometime sooner, you will leave this life. And if you don't have Jesus, you don't have anything to take with you. So I hope that you'll consider that. When he talks about the vine and the branches, he's speaking in this uh, Middle Eastern language that's very understandable. That they would have these grapes, and from these grapes they would make wine. And you can see, here's the vine, and then here's the branch. And if you cut that branch off, it can no longer produce that fruit. And some of us, we've been so cut off from Jesus, but we still think we're doing something good. We still think we can be fruitful, and you just can't. I talked earlier about reading your Bible, being made holy by His truth, but if you never read your Bible, and you never pray, and you never engage in confession and community within your groups, like if you never do those things, you're like, I just cannot figure out why my faith is so sad right now. Well, I can. You're, you're not remaining in Christ. You've detached yourself from Him, but you still think everything's going to function the same way, and it's just not. We are called to bear fruit. But you can't do that apart from Jesus. All of us are called to bear fruit. Not just me as a pastor up on the stage, not just as a band who stands up here and leads us, not just as tech team, please volunteer, who hangs out in the back and makes sure things don't fall apart behind the scenes. Like all of us, if we are in Jesus, are called to bear fruit. And I do just want to lighten the mood a minute and say I found this on the internet and I, I had to show it. It's a total dad joke. Bear fruit, right? I thought it was good. Look what Jesus says in John 15, 8. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. I would tell you the point of your life is not to get a fat bank account, marry the prettiest person that will marry you, have a bunch of kids, have a white picket fence, 2.5 kids, a dog, the suburban dream, American dream. That's not the point of your life. Bringing glory to God is. And so when you produce much fruit, you glorify God. And if you ever wonder like, okay, like, what am I supposed to do with my life? This is it. Start here. Maybe you don't have a 10-step plan that's going to take you through the next 10 years, but you can always start with glorifying God. When we produce much fruit, we bring that glory to God. Well, what kind of fruit? What does that look like in my life? How do I go and tangibly do this? Well, I'm going to give you a very Sunday school answer. And we're going to look at the fruit of the Spirit they are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. He actually carries on in this verse and says, against these things there is no law. When you look in your life, do you see these nine markers? Like, Do you see love growing in the midst of a world that seems so full of hate? Do you have joy when everything around you seems to be falling 
apart? Are you patient with people? Or are you quick-tempered? Like, I could go on and on and ask you all these questions, but I encourage you, look at Galatians 5, 22 through 23 and see this is the fruit of the Spirit. If I'm truly in Christ, if I'm truly bearing fruit, these things are going to show up in my life. And for some of us, we look at that and go, oof, I don't have any self-control. I am the least gentle person that I know with my words and maybe even with my hands. I'm engaged in all kinds of wickedness, so it's definitely not good. Like, we have to look in the mirror at the fruit of the Spirit and see where are we with Christ. And on your handout, you see you've got two blanks with an equal sign in the middle. And I'm going to make a statement, and it's going to seem very harsh, but I think it's true. No fruit equals no faith. No fruit equals no faith. If you are not bearing fruit from the Holy Spirit in your life, my friend, I just don't believe you actually have faith in Christ. And again, I don't say that to shame you or to try to emotionally strong arm you into some decision. But I think a lot about what I do here on this stage. And I tell people all the time, like, what I get up here and do at this stage is, is maybe the least important thing we do here at Crave. I value so much our incredible worship teams. I value so much you spending time in small group. And honestly, most of you don't remember much of what I say after anyway. And that's okay. It doesn't hurt my feelings. I get it. But I was praying this week. I was thinking. I was just like, man, we've got to make sure that we're hitting this Jesus thing and not just getting caught up in topics or scripture. Like, I want to always bring it back to if you don't know Jesus, that is the most significant thing in the world. If you have any questions or doubts, We've talked about this a couple weeks in a row now, like, and you're starting to go, oh, no, like, maybe I do have to ask some hard questions. Ask those questions. You could come and ask me. You're not going to freak me out. There are people in this room who have asked me questions. I'm like, that's a good question. And I don't always know the answer, but I'm happy to try to work through it with you. Ask your small group leader. Ask a parent. Ask a peer, a teacher, a coach. If you're like, I just have so many questions about my faith and where I really am, ask those questions. Don't wrestle through that alone. But hold up some of this scripture as a mirror and see, like, do I really have faith? Because there's not a lot of fruit. Or maybe there's no fruit. And you may push back and go, well, but I believe. But here's what James, the brother of Jesus, says. So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Now, someone may argue some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. Do not misunderstand what is being said in this passage. You cannot be saved by doing enough good stuff. It's not how it works. But if you truly know Jesus, if you've passed from death to life, he's regenerated your heart, the Holy Spirit of God indwells who you are, you cannot help but spill out of you good deeds because you are motivated by the Spirit. And they don't save you, but they come out of a person who is saved. So when you look in your life, again, I'm asking you to consider the fruit. Do you see it in the way that you love your neighbor as yourself? Jesus said this is the most important commandment, co-equal with loving God. Do you have a heart for the disenfranchised, for the broken, for the people cast to the side? The Bible says over and over, the widow and the orphan, that's how we can measure if we truly love people. Widows and orphans had no one to fight for them. There's probably somebody in your world who has nobody to fight for them and no voice. Do you see any fruit within yourself or are you dry and dusty like that branch that's been cut off? 
We skip down a, a little bit uh, into verse 12 and 13. Jesus says, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I've loved you. There's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Now, we like verse 13 there. Maybe you see that uh, sometimes on social media. Uh, but I, what I want you to understand is there's no chapter break in Scripture. Like, if you've, if you've never understood that, this is super important for you. Jesus is just sitting having a conversation with his friends. So when we go from chapter 14 into chapter 15, it feels like there's a clean break, but there's not. They're just sitting around the table talking. And so if you remember back in John 14 when he's talking about loving each other, he's continuing that thought here. He just told them, if you love me, you'll obey me. And so again, he's saying, love each other as I have loved you. So how did Jesus love this is not a trick question. You can talk about it some in small group in just a few minutes, but I think Jesus loved sacrificially. I think Jesus loved selflessly. He gave of himself, and he tells us to do the same. The final fill-in on your handout tonight is we are called to love like Jesus. We're not called to love just when it's convenient for us, just when we think we're receiving that same love back. We're called to love at all times, all people, regardless of whether we agree with them or disagree with them, whether they look like us or don't look like us, we are called to love them. And if you were to go look in 1 John chapter 4, I love this verse. It says, as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. I've already given reference a couple times tonight, the fact that one day you'll, you'll leave this world, you just will. And I'm not in a rush. I love my life. I love my family. I love my job. I, I love where I'm at. But I know one day I'm going to get something sweeter and better, and I'm going to get to be with Jesus. I don't have to be afraid of that because I can have that confidence that the more and more I spend time with Jesus, and the more and more I can live out my faith, the more and more fruit that I can see the Holy Spirit bring out in my life, not because of me or how good I am, but because of how good the Spirit is, I can have that confidence in facing Him and what's to come. Jesus says in verse 14, you're my friends if you do what I say. And he says you're no longer slaves because I've confided in you as friends. And I don't want you to miss what he says kind of here at the end of the chapter or the end of where we're going to stop tonight. He says, you didn't choose me. I chose you. And I underline that on the screen. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask using my name. Raise your hand if you've ever gone unpicked in a game of like pick up basketball or football, raise your hand if, you, if like, there was an odd number and you didn't get picked. Keep them up. Put, put them all the way up. Okay? Add your hand to this group if you were ever the last pick. And I've been both. I've gone unpicked and I've been the last pick. And it's awful. It makes you just feel so bad and so small. And maybe that hasn't happened to you on the playground, but maybe you just feel that way in life. Like, man, I'm, I, nobody really wants me. I'm always the last pick, or I'm, I'm always like, ah, fine, we'll take him, or we'll take her. And that's just not how it is with Jesus. Look what he says. I chose you. Jesus wasn't forced into taking you on his team so that it could be even. He says, I chose you. That means he chose you knowing every messed up thing you've ever done in the past and every bad choice you'd make in the future. He still chose you. That gives me tremendous confidence. I'm not good enough to be chosen. He didn't pick me because of my merit. He chose me because he loves me. And he chose me 
to go and do these things to bring glory to the Father. We jump over to the writings of Paul, Ephesians 2.10. He says, we are God's masterpiece. Some of you just need to circle, highlight, underline that. You're not God's masterpiece because of how good you are. You're his masterpiece because he loves you and he's working in you to bring glory to the Father. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. It doesn't say he created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can die and go to heaven. We've been created anew so that we can live out our faith, so that we can bear fruit before man, that they would bring glory to God. Now, there is actually one final verse uh, that we'll cover tonight. John 15, 17, this is my command, love each other. And so this is just kind of my gut check for you, and, and you just have to ask yourself this question. How are you doing with that? You loving people? It is the first fruit of the Spirit in that list from earlier. It can seem hard to love people these days. It's a very us and them situation. Well, you're on this political party. Well, I'm over here. Well, you think this about the vaccine. Well, I think this. You think this about this candidate. I think this. You think this about this controversial issue. I think this. And we draw a line and we go, I'm going to love my tribe and I'm going to hate them. Thank God that's not how Jesus was. And he calls us to go and do the same, to love people regardless of whether we agree with them. So if you really want to ask yourself, am I bearing fruit? Do you hate people who aren't like you? That's a gut check. Are you loving people the way Jesus loved us? I'm going to invite the band to come on back up, and, and they're going to sing a song for us. And this isn't for the band to come and perform. Absolutely, if you want to stand and worship with them, please, please feel free to do that. But this is also a time for you to reflect this is why we do a song at the end. We're not trying to dim the lights or play a violin to try to get you teary-eyed and manipulate you. That's not what we're doing. But those three things that we're called to do that we talked about tonight, remaining in Christ, are you? You can't remain somewhere you've never been. Like, yeah, I'm going to remain in Christ. Bro, you've never even met him. I'm going to rededicate. You never dedicated. I'm going to recommit tonight. You never committed in the first place. Are you remaining in Christ? And before that, do you even know him? Are you bearing fruit? Can somebody look at your life and go, I know you follow Jesus because I can see the way you live. Hey, because of the way you handled that situation, there's something different about you. Tell me about that. Are you bearing fruit? And are you loving people the way Jesus loved us? I encourage you, take this time to reflect, take this time to pray, take this time to sing. Use this time to do business with the Spirit. Let me pray for us. God, we thank you for your love. We don't deserve it, but you give it to us anyway. And we thank you for these words that we read in John 15. And I just pray that in these next few minutes, Holy Spirit, you would come, that you'd speak to us, that you would draw us to you, some of us for the first time, others for the hundredth time. Help us to cast aside our sin, to set aside ourselves, Focus on the love that you have for us. We love you. It's in Jesus' name.